It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. everyone. Welcome to uh, the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires. I, uh, I get the privilege of hosting this conversation. And today is, uh, I love these conversations with the, the, the mentor team. Um, let's start with introductions. Michael, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Michael Bond. I am a local church pastor based out of uh, the northwestern part of the U.S. in the state of Oregon. I recently just celebrated 20 years at my church family here, and it's called River Valley uh, Network of Churches. Super, super thankful that God's allowed that. I'm, I'm passionate to shepherd. Uh, people matter over the product every time. Um, you know, we're thankful for the gifts that people bring, but they're people, they're sons and daughters of the Lord, and they're husbands and wives and parents and sometimes grandparents, and people People surely matter. So I love to shepherd I love to serve in my local network of churches and also love to, to travel sometimes and, and serve and encourage others in conference settings and other formats. So really glad to be here today with you guys. Awesome. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Sure. I'm a lot older than Michael. I've been doing this about 40 <laughs> years, about twice as long as him. Um, but through that, I've had the opportunity to lead at um, a couple major mega churches and to do a couple startup churches where you kind of start with nobody and um, and and build from there. And uh, now I do online consulting and training for worship leaders and worship ministries, the Joe Hornis Worship Collective, and uh, just honored to be able to pour what God's taught me through the years into some people's lives that are willing to listen. So great to be with you guys today. Awesome. And Grant, go ahead. Yes. And before I introduce myself, I am one of the people who's willing to listen to Joe Hornus. Amen. 100%. <laughs> dripping Amen. from this guy. Yeah. So uh, 40 years goes to some good things. So uh, yeah, my name is Grant Norsworthy. Um, some of the world might say Grant Norsworthy, but uh, I'm an Australian <laughs> who lived in America for 17 years uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, actually. But now I'm beaming to this conversation from my home in Upper Muturi, New Zealand, uh, wow. a long, long way away. Um, but I head up a thing called More Than Music Mentor. You can find out about that at morethanmusicmentor.com. And I provide online and on-site training for the heart and the art of the worshipping musicians, which includes singers, instrumentalists, and technicians. So it's so good. I'm never going to get tired of, uh, I'm never going to get tired of the American accent that you that you bring to that, sure. that, that introduction. I appreciate uh -huh. that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yacht to. Yacht. Yacht to. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's one of the American, many American accents. So That's right. Yeah. Hey, so today we're talking about expectations. It's a fun word, right? As we dive into oh. uh, team expectations, um, Kind of what uh, what to expect? Yeah, it comes with the groan. That's a tough, it, one. It, tough topic, Jason. It's Gosh. a tough one. This is this is one of those ones that like some of the other topics we've had in other podcasts have been uh, more surface level or more more fun to talk about. But this one can be 
uh, it can bring up some frustrations. It can bring up some wounds. Um, and, uh, but I think it's important to kind of bring it to the surface and, uh, and dialogue about some things that might not be the most fun. Uh, and that's when everybody just clicked off on the podcast episode. <laughs> that was like, that was a, kind of a, a fun introduction to that one. But, um, so for you guys, I want to pose the question. Um, what do you think when you hear the word expectations, like what comes to your mind when you just hear that kind of that word thrown into a sentence? Well, I'll I'll jump in there. You know what we're talking about is what what do I me like me personally when I walk into a, a situation and we're talking about the 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 world that revolves around sung worship. We've got singers, instrumentalists, and technicians who are connected with a Christian church, and it's our task to lead a church congregation to worship God by singing these songs. And um, so, when I hear the word expectations within that realm, I'm thinking, well, I have a certain thing I'm shooting for. Things I, I hope will be done, um, things I expect, and I, I'm realize, realizing that everyone involved in the process, and there's going to be a lot more than just me involved. You know, there's, at the very least, you know, there's there's a, a pastor or a leader of the church. There's an there's an an engineer. You know, there, there could be other people, and we all come into that situation with probably different expectations. And it's uh, it's a whole realm where we have people with different expectations for the same situation. Where there's those gaps, that's where often we get problems. Truth. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I'll, I'll dovetail off of that. But, you know, what jumps to mind, first thing I want to say is just to anybody listening, um, you're not alone. You know, all of us here understand when there have been unfair expectations, you know, for unfair hours, unfair perfection, um, demanding where where ministry becomes more hurtful than than loving and um and we've all been a part of of that and so if you're here ready to hit that off button um don't because you're we're with you and and you're not alone and on the flip side of that because we want to talk about expectations that aren't fair but um but on the other side of that is the joy we have when we go the extra the, the 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 dream is to bring our best offering to the God of the universe who gave his son and, and out of gratitude and amazement, give back to him. Mm. And so is it fair to say, I want to sing my best. I want to bring my best. And it doesn't mean perfect. doesn't mean abusive. It means, but out of gratitude and love that we, we get to bring our best. And how do we communicate that in a way that stays loving that, and, but yet, and not, not, but stays loving and honors the, the God that we serve. What about you, Michael? I'm super glad you brought this up today, Jason. It, this is another area that, that is like a pendulum swing in, mm-hmm. in local church ministry. It goes from one side to the other as as our brothers are talking about today, where one side you can have too much expectation and it just hurts people, or you can have not enough expectation. And sometimes that hurts people too. And it just gets, gets wonky. So I think today we, we seek a balance. We seek, seek to stir something that we think is somewhere healthy in the middle. I looked up the the definition of expectation and it says a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So in light of that, I like going with expectation for worship teams and our participants more than hope, because I I don't want to just hope 
that you will practice and learn the music. Mm. Uh, I, I want to, I think it's actually fair as long as it's expressed and explicit up front to say, no, we, because of a value of excellence and because we don't want to be a distraction, because we want people to worship, we are expecting that you will come prepared and that you will know your your parts. We're not just hoping you will. So I think expectation is a good word with, with balance and care and shepherding around it again, so that people know that, Hey, we, I'm putting this, we put this expectation as a goal over you, but, but it it comes with, with high fives and hugs. You know, we love Mm -hmm. you and, and we're thankful for who you are as a person. And uh, like I've had times where people quote unquote, haven't been able to meet the expectation. And I'm quick to say, Hey, look, even as simple as someone shows up to a rehearsal and they go, like, I would rather someone be completely honest. And you can just tell right away, you know, someone's just messing up everything and their part and rehearsal's going wonky. I've turned to people and said, man, are you, are you doing all right? And they're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have time to learn my parts this week. I've had to work overtime every night this week. I'm having a problem with one of my kids. And, and it's just really a challenge. And there have been times I've said, hey, should you just go home and take the weekend off and just be with your family, try and catch up? That's okay. Yeah. Like I like honesty and openness like that. Cause that's, that's priority one actually even over the worship team, right? Is <laughs> the things are good at home and with the Lord. So mm-hmm. it's good to have a bar as, as long as everyone understands that it's the bar is not the most important thing they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a good balance in coming there. So. Yeah. When in the illustration that came to mind when you were talking is uh, when I was in high school, I mean, I, I I sat at the far end of the bench on the basketball team, but I was part of the team. And uh, but we had a, a a new coach one year, and and man, but and he had high expectations. But his expectation was that we would play our hearts out, and he was just one of those guys that you'd go, man, we we'd kill for the. I mean, we we'd run ourselves to death uh, because we love this coach. And there was a point at which he said, you know, I know I expect a lot, but who doesn't want, don't you want to be a part of the winning team? Don't you want, when you know what it feels like at the end of the day that you've done something great. And, you know, so I think that, so there's also a place for great expectations to go, man, I want, when I would lead worship, I want to lead a great time of worship. I want God to be massively glorified, you know, and, and, um, within our our abilities and within what we can do but then there comes a point where you go but but not when it becomes unloving abusive insensitive you know those things but all of us i think want to be a part of a place that expects that we're going to do something great together where would you guys say the line is between common sense and what expectations need to be communicated so meaning like what is is there something that just is like, it just is like, there's, there are certain things that we just assume you, you know, or is there, are, are we even communicating what might feel like common sense to some people? How do you guys, do you guys even deal with that? Or what do you, how does that look to you? Well, I'll chime in there. You know, I'm, I'm actually not on staff for the particular church. Never have been, have no desire to be ever <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did I say that with too much emphasis? Was that anyway. too, too strong? Was that come across? <laughs> did I articulate too clearly? Um, <laughs> no, but I, so I, I travel. So I do workshops, different churches, different places. 
And so I've actually learned there's nothing I can assume. Yeah. There's, I'm going to be stepping into a different culture every place I go. And um, so I actually, I, I actually would rather use the word intentionality rather than expectations in my situation. I'm going to be intentional about communicating what my expectations are for our time together mm. in the hope that some of that remains after I'm gone. Um, and we might have some Kiwi listeners, Kiwi being the term used for New Zealanders. Um, I don't think they're going to mind me saying this, but in New Zealand, uh, well, let me start this way. In America, for example, where all you three guys are right now, there's a celebration of high achievement generally speaking, across your culture. We love it when people do well. You know, we love it when people know they're successful and know that they're number one in their field. We, we love it when people have high expectations and achieve those expectations. The culture in New Zealand is not really like that. We have a thing called the tall poppy syndrome, actually, mm-hmm. which is if anyone's achieving too high, higher than the other little poppies in the field, chop them down. You know? So, Interesting. So can, you, a, can, you un- can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, there, there I, yeah. seems to be, and it's not really spoken about. It's not really on the surface. But I think, this, and this is not just exclusive to New Zealand, but there are people, I think, who carry themselves with, that they almost pride themselves in having low expectations, you know, yeah. like especially when it comes to things like church, church music. You might have someone who's a, who's a bass player for their, their church and they're an outstanding plumber. You know, during the week, they have high expectations for the way they do their plumbing work and the way they run their business and the way they, you know, have great relationships with their co-workers and their clients and their suppliers and all these things. But when it comes to their bass playing, it's like, you better be happy with whatever I bring, man. Like, if if you're not happy with this, you know, so just being aware that there are people who treat these things of expectations with regard to their involvement in church music very differently from one another. Now I want to try and lift what our expectations are as a visiting consultant, as a workshop guy. And uh, one one of the main things I've realized is that most of the clash with, with different expectations from one person to another or one part of a team to another are all over what I would call the what and the how. Their what and how issues. What songs are we going to play? How much preparation do we expect? What time should we be there? Um, they're all what and how issues. The best way I have found to try and bring the what and how expectations of different people closer together is to first have us all agree on why. Why do we have music in our Sunday service or any other service? Why? And, and why is it important that we have music in our Sunday service? And if we have everyone realising that uh, having our church congregation gather together and sing these prayers to God, these praises of God as a, as a declaration of how worthy God is, the worship of God happens through these songs. If they get a sense of the value of that activity, then it's easier to bring their what and how expectations closer together. Uh, and so... I can't change someone's internal culture, but I can hopefully spread some of my just genuine excitement for the value of getting a church congregation to sing as an expression of worship together. You know, so a bass player who feels like, hey, whatever, you've got to, you've got to be happy with whatever. If I can 
get that bass player to realize that, you know, like like 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us, so whatever, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, it is all for the glory of God. And what how you play bass should be for the glory of God. How we lead our congregation to sing should be for the glory of God. And if you play the correct notes in time, in tune, rather than the wrong notes, out of time, out of tune, it'll help our congregation connect better with God and each other through these songs. Then we might find his expectations for personal preparation might actually go up and become closer to what I expect from a bass player. Let me jump on that because um, I've I found that in general, one, I try never to expect in the teams that I've led and built through the years at Willow and other places and and tried to say, you know what, I don't ever want to hold somebody accountable for an expectation that I haven't communicated. It's not fair. You know, all of a sudden you're mad at them for something or you're unhappy with that you haven't communicated. So I think as a group, you know, I've always tried to, to say to my team, I want to over communicate. I want to I want to encourage them. I want to be clear what we're expecting, what we're looking for. And, and that often works really well in a group. Uh, flip that around, kind of the situation Grant was talking about, but there are times when people don't live up to those expectations for whatever reason. Sometimes it's it's busyness or it's an issue in their life or what, or sometimes it's just they haven't gotten it. But also that side, then you go, but don't ever correct in public. You know, that's not the time uh, to express your expectation. I expect this from you and you're falling short. Yep. If, it, if there's correction involved, then then you do that offline in private and you go to somebody and say, you're here because I love you, because I believe in you. You contribute so much. And I was confused by this today. Tell me what's going on. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your schedule? Whatever. Um, you know, are can we agree on what this expect uh, on what we're where we're trying to get to and how can I help you get there? And but that always so co- clear communication to the team. Often, you know, when it's a general expectation that we're trying to reach as a ministry, do that as a group that nobody feels singled out. Um, but then, but when there is correction, which will happen, you do that in love and you do it privately, which Jesus was very clear about. But you do just, you don't, don't snap somebody or, you know, or correct them or communicate that they're falling short of expectations in front of other people and just do that in private. Truth. Michael, what are you thinking? Yeah, Jason, I think uh, I, I'm just more and more in my life. I'm hmm. just taking up the motto of assume nothing. Uh, I, I really appreciate one of our, our media team leads. They always say clarity is kindness. Hmm. Clarity hmm. is kindness. And we've kind of uh, picked that up and, and are now it's becoming kind of pretty regular language in our, our church culture, just because it's true. I don't want, it's kind of like, I'll sometimes say, Hey, if you already know this, please don't be offended. If I'm covering something, you know, either stop me or just humor me, <laughs> but I, I don't want to take a chance that you don't know where I'm coming from, or you don't know why I'm telling you this. And that's, that's been serving us well. Uh, even last night, I, I got together with my, um, I have this group called my worship anchors and they're, mm-hmm. they're the group of worship leaders that lead 50% of the time or more at a particular campus. So I have a certain regular rhythm of meetings and 
we're going through a book together and we talk through things and that's just kind of a vision team for me. Well, I was talking with them about different things that I am seeing coming up for 2023. And I, I actually, what I wanted to do was invite them into casting vision and invite them because I really value their participation, their heart, but I could see in their, some of their eyes because um, <laughs> not everyone is working full time at the church and everyone's busy and got a lot of, I just see in their eyes. I'm like, I think I need to back up and share some clarification first. And then I said, Hey, I want you guys to know you can, you can turn me down on any of this stuff. Uh, I'm not saying we have to do these things. I want to invite you to be part of casting vision and owning this because I don't want our vision for our department for 2023 to be the best that Michael Bond could come up with. I want it to mm-hmm. be the result of a team of us all speaking in together. Mm-hmm. So please know that as I share this with you and I get excited and I start casting vision and going crazy that, that, you know, I invite you to be part of this to whatever degree you're able to feel no pressure. And you can kind of see people go, huh. so I'm trying to learn from those moments in my life. Be like, man, I need to, I need to lay out expectations and clarity for more situations. than I, I, I might think because, we just live in a society of misunderstanding. It's constant. Yeah. It's constant. So if we can, if we can help make that easier for people so that they can be more successful, especially yeah. those on our teams, man, that's good. But I love what you just said about, about being in touch with your key leaders and spend, you have a system of meetings or, you know, I'm, in my years, I've always had my top three or four, five key people and done like a, breakfast at the cheapest little dive in town every Thursday morning, but it was just time where we talk and we catch up and what's going on in your marriage. How are your kids? But, but knowing what's going on in people's lives allows us to, to adjust expectations and, you know, and in a way that's sensitive to what's really happening in somebody's life and um, you know, and, and not be insensitive to, to what the needs are. And yet at the same time, go when, when we're able to go, guys, we want to bring Malachi one great, great passage to study with your team. Sometime just God comes to the people of Israel. He says, I, I'm just, all I ask is that you bring me your best offering. It doesn't mean the biggest lamb in the city. It doesn't mean just, but go, when you go into your pen, bring me your best, but you figured out that the one that's dying is if I throw that on the altar, it costs me a lot less. And um, it's a great study to look at sometime and go, so what if for us in realistic, not perfectionistic, not that you have to be better or our church has to be better or bigger than Smith, but for us, what does our best offering look like? And it, it opens a great conversation with what does it look like for a vocalist? Well, it means I get up enough to warm up in the morning or a musician. I I, I go over my charts and I, I make sure I learn the core cards, even the ones with numbers in them and you know, those kind of things. And But to go, well, what is our best offering? But it's a great way of getting your people to all talk about that stuff together without it being attacking at any one person. I love this. I love this. Go ahead, Michael. I would say for the record, Joe, and I think we're all in agreement here. <laughs> Dude, I would love to go to breakfast with you at some whatever dive, whatever place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Where, where I'm in too. Was, I'd love it. Awesome, <laughs> Wherever it is, I think it's important for people to know that the four of us have never been in the same room together. So we always we do these conversations, but we never get to be together. So this, we'll, we'll go to breakfast, Joe. I think we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> wherever that dive is. I'm in. Lunch. 
once, it's right? In Hawaii. Yeah, that's where the dive is. Actually, that's that's where the that's where the dive is. That's where the place you want to be. That's where you go. Coral reef dive. Coral reef dive. So let's talk a minute for. So as as a lot of I mean worship leaders were creatives and not necessarily the best planners and you know vision. I mean, it can be hard to be. It's hard to be a creative and be like do well with communication and do well with administration and do well with all this. So if I'm a worship leader listening to this going, uh, I just, I'm, I want to do that. Like I want to communicate, like what are some ways you guys uh, have found to uh, communicate what it is that I'm hoping that that life looks like in the ministry? Is it contracts? Is it, you know, team nights? Is it all of the above? Like what are you guys doing to help communicate? Cause two creatives, a creative to a creative, like how are you guys communicating what it is that is expected of the teams that we're serving? Um, well, for my part, I don't feel able to set a expectation bar. Well, like I'm, I'm walking into a team situation. I've got a way ahead of my actual time of being in the room with a church's singers, instrumentalists, and technicians. I've got to get to know people, key people. Yeah. So um, I'm certainly, ideally, speaking with the with the senior pastor of the church that I'm going to be doing a workshop for, getting getting that bigger picture vision, then speaking to people who are in leadership over the singers, instrumentalists, and technicians, um, and finding out things like, well, how do you communicate now? What are the existing expectations or hopes for things like personal preparation and showing up on time? Because uh, and sometimes I'm hearing from them, um, oh, there kind of are no expectations. Or, um, well, I tell them I'd like them to practice, but no one does, you know, right. I want people to show up on time, but no one does. And it's just been like that forever. And, uh, you know, so I have to sort of know some key people, hopefully build some relational equity, you know, some, some, some rapport with people. And, um, and then I just do my absolute best to use the channels that are in place if possible to communicate really clearly, mm. um, and it's it's not so much you have to hit this bar or you're a failure. It's like this is what we're shooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but no, there can't be any shred of finger waggy superior judgmentalism from me. You know, it just doesn't work. You know, maybe maybe anywhere, but it doesn't work in New Zealand. That's for sure. You know, dude, you should have practiced more. That's the what was that going to do? You know, yeah, like, right. So, uh, but I've, I've found that um, after quite a few years of doing these sort of workshops, I want to have two uh, after the senior pastor and after the leader of the overall team leadership of the singers, instrumental and technicians, I want to have a great rapport with the drummer and the sound tech. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> the drummer and the sound tech. And though I'd love to have phone calls and Zoom calls and chats for weeks ahead of a workshop with every team member. I just can't do it. But I need to... And I've actually, for, for my sort of purposes, I've got articles I've written about the importance of a, a leader like me having a great relationship with a drummer. I've got articles about that that I've written and training videos and things. And I've also got articles about how important it is that someone in my role has a great relationship with the audio engineer. So a phone call just, and what I'm actually just trying to say is, hey, I can't do my job unless you and I are shoulder to shoulder. You know, you are so important to this. If the, if the sound engineer and I don't have a great relationship, me and the drummer don't have a great relationship, this is not going to work. Could I trouble you to read this article? And then let's talk again. 
this is because this is you are so important to me. You being intentional. Now I'm not talking about expectations. I'm talking about intentionality. And if we uh, build that rapport over those conversations, then I can start moving from the big reasons why I want to have a good relationship, why this music stuff is important. Then I can say, "Hey, dude, a drummer, would you listen to that that groove in such and such a song that that the original artist did?" And we're not trying to be a cover band, but if you actually really intentionally copy exactly that groove, not the big drum fills and stuff, but the main pattern there, that's going to really help our song sit. Hey, sound engineer, can I just give you a heads up about how I'd like to run a sound check when I'm there? Would this work for you if I do it that? And they're usually like, oh, this is great. Thank you. There's been no expectations before. Now I know where we're going. And if I have the, the senior pastor, the leader of the team, the drummer and the audio engineer, in a in a team with me, everything else sorts out. Singers, yep. electric guitarists, everything pulls together, and then hopefully I've deposited this new level of intentionality, rather than you've got to raise yourself to these expectations. People want to show up on time. People want to practice. I think now sometimes it doesn't change people. You know, it depends on character. But if they feel like they're part of a team with intentional direction and good, clear communication and we know what we're doing and why it's important, a lot of those expectations start becoming closer together to each other's. Yeah. Amen. Joe or Michael, do you guys have thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I just, in our in our own little internal chat here, I, I just said, Grant, sounds like you approach others with honor, intentionality, mm-hmm. and clarity. I think people really appreciate that. Because it's not you, you could, and I've heard it done and I've seen it. And it's those jaw dropping moments, either um, visiting another church or at a conference or some big thing, you could come in and just say, here's how it is, is what I need. And unfortunately, even in churches, musicians, leaders do that way too often. But I love your heart where it's, where you come up and say, Hey, you know, you honor someone, man, I'm so thankful for your role. So thankful for what you do. Um, I have some ideas for how I want to do this. Is that going to work for you? Uh, yeah. You're not telling them how to do it. You're you're build. That's actually awesome. You're building team. You're getting them on your on your side. I I. It's funny when you say with sound text. I I would back in the day in the CD day when I would travel places and and we were still selling CDs. You know, I'd always go up to the sound. What's tech a CD? First. What is that? Right, exactly. <laughs> Compact disc. Wow. You're drinking right. twelve songs on a thing. Wow. Something like that. But I'd always go up and, and meet the sound guy first and, and give him a CD or two or some merch and or Starbucks or something. Just say, hey, my name is Michael. I'm going to be here with you this weekend. Hey, thanks for doing what you do. How can I make your job easier? What do you need from me? How can I help the band get through this? And you're right, Grant. That that always just paid huge dividends. Huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, one other thought just on, on, on that too, Jason, but – um, you mentioned a while back in our conversation about just having team meetings. And um, I think getting our teams together, you know, as a vocal, maybe, and maybe you divide, decide, depending on the size of your team, but maybe it's just a vocal team meeting and then a tech team meeting or then a instrumental meeting, or maybe they're all together, those kind of things. But um, one, I think you, you got to have those four to six times a year just for, community 
just getting people talking about their lives and yeah. what's going on at at home and how are they really what's go how how are their hearts and it's just building friendship showing up for each other but then those are also if i know that i got four or six times a year when i'm going okay over the last three months i think this value is slipping a little bit or or we're we're not hitting the mark on this quite the way that i would love us to then those are great chances to take a passage of scripture or so and and to say, hey, for our meeting, you know, let, let's gather around. We worship together a bit. And it allows you to address an issue that you just go, I, I'd, I'd love to see us grow here. I'd love to see the Holy Spirit move through us more freely here. I think we could work on this. But now you're not singling anybody out. You're not, you know, you're not pigeonholing anybody. You talk about a value to the whole team. But not, then also, when something does come up, when the bass player hasn't learned his music, you it's much easier to pull them aside and say, remember when we had that conversation, you know, I had that little deal at the team meeting and we discussed this issue. This is kind of what I was talking about. I think we could do better. Yeah. But it's something that you've already laid out the expectation. You've been clear about it. And now it's just following up one-on-one in private with somebody and say, hey, remember that we all said we wanted to work on that. I think I think this this is an example of that, and it's not so threatening, and and you don't have to lay out the whole groundwork because you've already done that. You, you got four to six times a year where you're you're meeting with your teams to do that, and when you see an issue coming up, you know something starting to rumble around. Uh, my pastor used to say, if you're if there's a snake in your tent. And you should probably get it out. And, and uh, you know, when you sense that something's not quite right, and you go, okay, next time we, when we meet next month, uh, I think I want to address that with the whole team. Let's just put, you know, then we get clear together, but it's in a, and it's in a loving way and it's in a way that's sensitive to the people you're leading. Love I, it. I totally, I totally affirm that, uh, that, yeah, that is so good. I, Grant said earlier, sometimes you win the day by giving the why. Mm. So mm. I think both of you, Joe and Grant, are touching on that, that if you give people the why and you get buy-in because everyone mm. now understands, mm. uh, then, wow, it, uh, it you can really accomplish a lot more. I think sometimes we think that we should just be able to convey, like you said a different way. I think sometimes we think information transfer or information exchange is the same as casting vision. <laughs> it's just not like being a leader, being a leader is hard. I was talking to one of our staff um, in the last month and they were discouraged because they came out of a meeting with um, one of our senior leadership and they had shared something with them, an idea and it, it, it didn't, it didn't float. It got kind of shot down. So I started asking him about how did you share that information? And you know, how many times did you share that information? I said, did you just say it once? And they kind of pushed back and then you quieted, you shut down and you didn't say it again. And they're like, yeah. I said, well, bro, that doesn't work. Welcome to leadership. If it was easy, everyone would do it, but it's not. So they don't, if you have a vision, you need to cast it again and again and again. And you need to ask yourself if people aren't, aren't responding to it. Well, am I not explaining it? Well, Am I trying to sell a weird vision? Am I using weird language? Because I think with our teams, and it's not easy, but we have to win the day. So we have to answer the why. Like there's these fund foundational principles in sharing the vision where, as we talked earlier, they need to know, number one, we see them as people, not products. We care about them. Number yeah. two, 
we're doing something major and huge and big and we want to tell them why this is a big deal so it's yeah. not just well informationally you need to do these things because i'm the leader and you're subordinate to me welcome mm-hmm. to ministry in this grand it's like that's that's not going to accomplish it at all grant you're raising your hand well yeah this is going to it's just to just to feed off that totally michael thanks for saying that is that you know assumption is the mother of all mess ups you know and what often happens is there's this tension around the topic of expectations because they they are mismatched you know one person's got expectations that doesn't match somebody else's expectations you know what they're bringing say for example it's on the issue of personal preparation before a rehearsal um but I've actually found that most of those tensions that come from mismatched expectations are because of poor leadership. You often have a leader who's so frustrated. I've told them a million times to practice these songs before rehearsal and they never do. It's like the problem is actually that you haven't communicated it in a way that they've understood. We haven't brought those expectations to be together. You have assumed that they know what you mean. When you say practice a song, have you, have you showed them what you mean by practice a song? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's communicating and you're saying, Michael, cast a vision over and over again. I agree, but you've got to cast a vision in different ways. You know, you say it one way, one way, you demonstrate it in a different way, different way. You have an illustration the third time, you know, because different people learn in different ways. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a difficult job and that's the void I sense with these tensions around expectations and mismatched expectations. It's actually having loving, affirming, clear communicating leadership. You know, when I communicate with a team, (laughs) I'm trying to find fun ways of doing this, but saying, Hey, here's the song resources. And I'm expecting everyone spends plenty of time bringing themselves to level four. Here's a link to an article by what I mean by level four. That's what I mean by personal preparation. Read that article, check it out. Um, I'll need you to reply to this message so I know you've received this. If you don't, I'm going to chase you like a dog with a bone. I can be like that, smiley face, you know, like, you know, and I have to chase them down. Oh, I don't even know these people yet. I haven't been there, but. Who's that? That's the bass player. Haven't got a reply from the bass player yet. Hey, Johnny, what's going on? Didn't get the email reply. Have to find him on Facebook. They have to speak to the leader and say, can I get a phone number, please? You know, like it's it's a lot of work, but it's communicating clearly and in different ways and making sure we all know why this is important and what we expect to flow out of that. You know, you guys have talked about getting back to the why and the good news in the church when we're when we're careful and thoughtful about it is the why comes back. It, usually we can agree on that because it has to do with the glory and honor of God. It has to do with who Jesus is, the uh, the verse in Psalm 23, you know, he that has been impacting me lately is just the prayer. You know, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I've just found myself praying again, Lord, what about this for your name's sake? How does this honor you? How does this, you know, I want this to be for you. And and usually when we, for us, when we are in a worship setting and we, if we can get past, make sure that what we're expecting isn't because of our ego. It's not because of a fear thing. It's not because of somebody that we think we have to be, but we can bring it back down and go, what do we all agree on? 
We believe in giving, the, it's for the honor of his name. It's for his name's sake. It's for his glory. We agree on that, right? Well, what does that look like? Because so, so your starting point, the good news is if our hearts are right, you know, if we make sure we're right, we've got a common starting ground, say, we all want this because, because of the one that we love, because of the one who gave his life for us. So let's start there. What would that look like? But now you've got the the why. Now you have a common starting ground, and then it's not so hard to agree on. Well, what does that look like? You know, I love it. I love, you guys. There's so much in here. I love this. <laughs> I love this so much. Uh, but we're gonna wrap up the episode um, today. Uh, and I always have to wrap it up with a food question because it's just how we roll. Um, so we last month we talked about main dish for the holidays. Today we're talking about side dishes. What is uh, what is the side dish that you uh, are going to have at some point over this next season as we come into uh, the next the next month or two? What is uh, what is your Michael? I see you smiling. What is your what is your side dish of choice for uh, the holiday season? So my wife, I think it's one of these ancient family recipe kind of things, but it's she, she does this kind of sweet potato casserole with kind of semi-sweet crumbly nut crust thing on top Ooh. dude it's good times it's a fave it goes to have fast. marshmallows on it is that marshmallows on no, there I, no i do like does it have pink well. marshmallows on it pink? <laughs> <laughs> only down under we don't do that here no we don't no, that's america only that was part of my culture shock <laughs> pink no, marshmallows I mean, on yeah, sweet yeah. potatoes and brown sugar what yeah. is no, I, I do like that I, I don't hate but the nut th- the family whatever Ooh. it is the magic I love it every Does, does she tell you what's on it, or is it she's just, just going to eat it and you're just, it's I a choose secret. to live in the mystery, brother. Live <laughs> in the mystery. What about you, Joe? What about you? Oh, the, the top, the first one, I just love Thanksgiving turkey. You know, we don't oh, make you just go right very at it. often. And, you know, just I look forward to the turkey meal. But what I really love is is the three or four days of leftovers afterward. You're not you know, when you're making turkey sandwiches and, you know, some leftover dressing and, and that, you know, I'll, I'll look forward to that. <laughs> what about you, Grant? <laughs> I genuinely don't know what to say. Oh, oh, I really you don't, don't have Thanksgiving. You don't have, what, what, what about Christmas? You have I mean, to have something wild, grilled. Well, grilled, I was disappointed yesterday. Just, just don't say haggis. Oh, yeah. Please don't say haggis. No, yeah. Probably some, <laughs> well, I, I, let me just say that Brooke and I were looking at our calendar. My family, we're moving home. We're, we're doing all sorts of stuff. And we realized we're not actually going to be able to even have our relocated from America Thanksgiving dinner this year. Oh. Which we have tried to do each time, especially because our 15 year old American son he loves having Thanksgiving dinner, even in New mm. Zealand, where that that holiday is not celebrated. But uh, yeah, yeah. That mentioning that sweet potato, like when I first got to America back in 2002, and I went to like a, I, I was playing bass guitar in a band that was opening for Third Day, and the the, the catered meal was provided, and there it was, sweet potato with covered in brown sugar and pink and white marshmallows over the top. <laughs> I went, Where in the universe have we Where landed? In the U.S. Am I? <laughs> what? What? What is? that but just uh, point of interest sweet potato in new zealand is called kumara it's the same thing mm. different stuff different you anyway uh you guys are awesome hey thanks again for uh today and uh and we will uh con- continue on uh, we have one more uh one more episode on this on ne- next week 
And then uh, you guys are awesome. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.